Hi, this is Jerry, Shelly's friend, and you're listening to All the Rage with Shelly Wade. Fun fact, when Jerry and I first became friends, I said, hey, Jerry, can I call you Jer Bear? And he was like, uh, no. <laughs> so I'll just say Jerry. Love you, Jerry. That's my friend Jerry McCormick. He is the founding member of the San Diego Association of Black Journalists. Um, Jerry is originally from one of the Carolinas. Jerry, I, I'm sorry if I can, I think, I think, I can't remember if it's North or South Carolina. Sorry, Jerry, that I can't remember exactly which Carolina you're from, but he is uh, uh, just what you expect. You know, he's got the, you know, the Southern hospitality. He's a sweet person, always trying to help everyone he comes in contact with. And yes, he is a journalist and the founding member of the San Diego Association of Black Journalists. We actually celebrate our 20th anniversary this year. Hashtag SDABJ20. Unfortunately, our 20th anniversary fell in 2020. So you know that story. We haven't been able to um, celebrate it like we normally would, but we have been able to get a lot accomplished. We, as I told you in last week's episode, we do a lot towards mentoring um, students who are interested in careers in journalism. We give away journalism scholarships. So listen, if you're in um, a financial place where you can, if you're blessed enough to be financially um, stable right now and you can donate, please do consider uh, donating to the San Diego Association of Black Journalists because every cent will go towards our mentoring and giving scholarships to journalism hopefuls. And you can go to our website, sdabj.org, to find out more about the group and to uh, find out where you can donate. So, yeah. So thanks again, Jerry, for doing my intro. And I'm so excited for this episode of the podcast because I've got the great Randy Thomas, who is the first woman to ever be the announcer for the Academy Awards. She's going to drop some knowledge on us, some some nuggets of wisdom that you're absolutely going to love. And she's going to tell us about her legendary radio, radio career and how she made the transition from radio to VO voiceover. So stay tuned for that. Right now, got to remind you where to follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Shelly Wade. Don't forget the Shelly spelled with an E-Y. I'm on Instagram at the one and only Shelly Wade. I'm on Facebook and YouTube at All the Rage with Shelly Wade. Like and subscribe. And of course, if you haven't already subscribed to my All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast, do that now. And you can check out my blog at ShellyWay.com. And again, Shelly spelt with an E-Y. You know, as... um. As this uh, podcast episode debuts, we are um, just a, just a couple of days before Thanksgiving 2020. And as with everything else, 2020 has upended Thanksgiving for me. I will not be um, going to Houston to spend Thanksgiving with my family out of an abundance of uh, caution because of the pandemic. I, you know, it's going to be sad not uh, being with my family, but I have um, come to terms with that. I am okay with it if it means me not putting myself and my family at risk. So um, I'm okay with it. You know, I I, um, reached out to my friend Sonny Anderson at the Food Network because I thought to myself, you know what, just because I'm not going home for Thanksgiving doesn't mean that I can't have Thanksgiving dinner. Sure, I'm going to miss my mom's dressing. (laughs) Other people call it stuffing. We call it dressing in Houston. Um, I'm going to miss my mom's dressing, but I can make my own Thanksgiving dinner. And I was like, what should I make? 
Hmm. Um, and I reached out to my friend, Sunny Anderson of the Food Network, and she just so happened to have a recipe that's perfect for me. I've already done the grocery shopping and I'm going to make that meal, Sunny's recipe for Thanksgiving. It's the, um, the Cornish hens and Cornish hens and grilled Cornish hen and veggie recipe. And you can find that recipe um, on my blog. Just click on the blog tab at ShellyWade.com. And again, Shelly spelled with an E-Y and bookmark my blog and check back regularly. By the way, um, before we get into uh, talking to Randy, I want to thank my college buddy, Jolando Johnson, for my podcast theme music. Be sure to go to his Jolando Johnson music page. That's uh, J-E-L-A-N-D-O Johnson music on Facebook and hit that like button to support him. All right. So without any further delay, let's get into talking to the legendary Randy Thomas. Randy, I am so honored that you're appearing on the podcast with me. Are you kidding? Getting an invite from All the Rage with Shelly Wade? I am there. (laughs) You know, one thing I I found out about you uh, when we first met, God, over a year ago in uh, Santa Barbara, and you were, um, you were, okay, this is how I... I, In Solvang. We were in Solvang, yeah, in the Santa Barbara area. And so, rewind a little bit. I had just found out the month before that uh, my radio station did not renew my contract. And so, instead of um, wanting to jump right back into radio, I said, you know what? I have been wanting to, um, you know, dedicate my full-time focus to voiceover for a long time. What Mm -hmm. are my options? So, I just hit Google. I I went, um, you know, to Texas to visit my family, and I was just hanging out at my mom house and I just hit you know I went to Google and I was like voiceover and the first thing that came up was your voiceover retreat in Solvang and I was like wait a minute I've heard of Randy Thomas she's amazing and she has a voiceover retreat I felt like it was uh, meant to be because now I had the time to attend your your retreat. And um, it was just one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. I really loved it. Thank you so much for saying that, Shelley. You know, as you were telling your story, I'm thinking, you know, um, <clears throat> this is what I believe life is really all about. When mm-hmm. you're on your path and you're on the right path, mm-hmm. everything just falls in line. And we don't usually think of getting fired as, you know, as a good thing. But I know for me, when I lost my last radio job, it sent me on my journey to becoming a television voiceover artist. And that changed my path forever. And for which I'm so grateful because of, especially in light of the state of radio today. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like there are no jobs in radio that are safe. seems like every week I look up and uh, another radio friend has lost their gig. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, awful. It's, it, it is really awful to hear. Um, but I have to say, um, to your point, I just felt like it's not to say that I, I you know, I've never said I don't ever want to do radio again. I don't really, you know, I think if something amazing comes along, if, if something is meant for me, to your point, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would definitely uh, go for it. But I am more in um, the vein right now that I, 
I, I want to do things that are more under my control. I feel like with voiceover, a lot of it is how much dedication you put into it. Sure, you can't make <laughs> someone hire you for a VO gig, but if you really put a lot of thought and determination into it, you will uh, see a lot of good resor- results, don't you think? Absolutely. And listen, you know, my friend Don LaFontaine, the great Don LaFontaine, told me a long time ago there is enough work for everyone. But back, going back to your point about saying, well, I'm never going to say, you know, I'm not going to say never radio again. Never say never, the yeah. Universe, but the universe doesn't hear the word never. So... It, it means that you're still connected to radio in some way. You're not really making the clean break that you think you are because never means nothing. You know, you're, you're just putting it out there, radio, radio. But in the meantime, you've, you know, decided you're going to take a, a, a walk into the world of voiceover and then you wound up in Solvang and that was so great to meet you and to be a part of a very special weekend um, and sadly, it was the last VO Mastery retreat that we were able to do. So Because of the pandemic, yeah. Who, yeah. Who, you know, when we were hanging out that, that uh, September a year ago, could we ever have imagined the state of the world today with, um, you know, the pandemic and such? Well, I don't think so. But, but I, I truly believe that those of us who are doing voiceover who are working at a high level in voiceover, and those that are aspiring and and building their careers, we're all on the right path because no matter what happens, um, the world is different. And those of us that are really prepared to work from home, have a proper studio set up so that you can work for, you know, any major network, any major trailer or production company or a local you know production company whatever it is you have to be able to deliver quality audio you have to deliver a read that is consistent and reflective of you know the reads that are are there today in television and radio and um you know, we're I believe we've been more set up and ready to handle this quarantine or self-isolation better than most than and, other industries yeah yeah and so we're really lucky that way but then again it's not just having a microphone and a computer and being able to email your audio out it's also about having uh understanding marketing understanding you know taking your auditions doing them the right way if you're not particularly busy that's a time to study if you get busy then you don't have to study you work on the work and then you maybe discipline yourself even more to you know the perfect day that you want to have and I believe we get to create it we can decide you know what I'm gonna get up at 630 in the morning I want to take a really good walk or I'm gonna run or I'm just gonna do some yoga whatever it is I've got dogs I've got to get them out feed them then I'm gonna come back take time for myself and then be sitting down in my booth by 9 a.m. you know and you know um 
I want to talk about, we're going to rewind <laughs> to the very beginning for you and talk about your career in radio. But before we do that, I want to point out all of the, the amazing things you've accomplished. Many of us know you as the first woman to ever announce for the Oscars, which is pretty freaking amazing. You're a trailblazer. <laughs> but what are some of the other um, um, accomplishments you've made voiceover wise? Well, um, I guess I'm very blessed to have been in a place in time based on when I was born to become the first woman to do a lot of things and among the first to do other things. So even starting in radio, I was in love with the DJs, but they were all men growing up listening on my transistor radio. <laughs> and by the time... I got behind the microphone. I had heard Alison Steele, the amazing Alison Steele, the late great, from WNEW many years ago. And then there were women around the country, the Rachel Donahues and people like that, that uh, before I had a career, they were inspiring me. So mm -hmm. um, so I... I was able to be among those first women doing that. I became the first woman to do the Oscars by auditioning against a number of other women. And when that happened, because our uh, entertainment business, the industry, is generally not proactive for women, but they're more reactive. So once a woman, you know, crashed that ceiling, they all wanted to try a woman. And at that time in the uh, 90s, I was the one vetted woman. So I got to do the Academy Awards. I've done them 10 times. The Tony Awards, uh, 20 years consecutively. Wow. Um, the Kennedy Center Honors, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, the AFI uh, Awards, Directors Guild, SAG Awards, um, and now currently I'm the uh, voice of Nightline on ABC and am utilized as the female voice of ABC News. I know, and there, I, I hear your voice daily, and I was excited, um, you know, during all of the election coverage. We heard your voice even more on ABC. Um, and I said this to you before because you've been uh, one of the ones in the business who've been so generous to me with giving me advice and uh, your time and pointers in voiceover. And I've said this to you before that your voice um, manages to be authoritative, but at the same time comforting. How do you manage to do that? <laughs> authoritative and comforting. That's kind of like that's that's hard to do. That's funny. That's funny. You know, I should write that down and use that as branding. That's um, on your resume. Yeah. <laughs> authoritative and branding. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and, and comforting. comforting. Yeah. So I think perhaps that comes from just my general personality type. I'm uh, I'm a Libra. Mm -hmm. I am always going for balance. I'm always the peacemaker. Um, when I've, you know, I had a pretty chaotic life as a kid. So the crazier things get, the calmer I get. Mm -hmm. So, um, maybe that's, you know, the vocal extension of that. Yeah, your resume and everything you ran down, it's just something to aspire to. And you were speaking of uh, your chaotic childhood. You did uh, talk about that um, in your TED Talk, didn't you? 
Yeah, I did. Well, and I didn't really, you know, tell all the truth. It's um, I, I made it short, sweet, and funny, hopefully, um, because it was more appropriate for a TED Talk to not go into details. But, you know, needless to say, it's the things that happen in the first five to seven years in our life that make us one kind of person. Um, if we can uh, get back into, uh, you know, a, a healthy situation between the ages of like nine or 10 to 18, you have a, a good shot at getting through life. And, you know, some of us uh, figure it out as adults. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, hey, listen, so I'm still figuring it out, Randy. <laughs> hey, as we all are, you know. Yeah. <laughs> really, I mean, we all are. And uh, I, somehow I, I managed to raise an incredible daughter. Rachel. But again, hey, Rachel. <laughs> my Rachel. But, you know, I think that's also from growing up and wanting to have give your child the life that you didn't have, the the one that you wish you had had. So, um, yeah, so it, it gave me the opportunity to do that. And I'm married 36 years, so yeah. that's a long time. Pretty healthy. I think you managed to uh, to uh, course correct along the way. <laughs> I think so. I think from the upheaval of an early life, I've decided, no, I want to just have a really long, calm, smooth life and nothing goes smoothly. Nothing, you know, no one escapes uh, all the the craziness of life. Yeah. But I, I think, um, I think it, it's important to drown out the 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 noise, you know, that's mm -hmm. at a lower frequency. I think my aspiration is to raise my own personal vibration and frequency by. Um, being kind and caring about other people, giving, um, but working hard, being successful, because, you know, the more successful I am, the more I'm able to help people that I care about, you know, that, that turn to me when they need it. So it's, you know, life is incredible. And it's also what you make of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, you have to just follow your dream, really tap into that inner voice of what's calling you. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are so many, um, oh God, we have to ignore a lot of the outside noise, as you said. Yeah. Um, and there's so, there's so much outside noise, excuse me, that's telling us that we can't do this or, you know, it's just it's too difficult to try to, you know, overcome, you know, everything is so insurmountable. But I honestly believe that, um, the dreams that, that I have, the goals that I have would not, God would not have put those in my heart if they weren't meant to be, become true, become Absolutely. reality. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what's true for someone else, what they're experiencing has nothing to do with what your truth is. And, you know, you can steer clear of a lot of things. Unfortunately, you can't save everyone, you know. Mm -hmm. People have to choose to be responsible for the way their lives look. Yeah, and mm. if it's chaotic and unsure and filled with fear, you have to get a grip. You've got to um, really, you know, to take care of yourself. Now, health is most important, and from your health, you know, that comes from having a strong spiritual base. So, some people, if you're 
religious and, and that calling is what calms you or meditation or, um, you know, whatever it is that, that keeps your spirit up and healthy and filled with love and positivity. Mm -hmm. So this whole series, you know, in, in the podcast um, is about radio people who've made the transition to voiceover and you are the one you were one of the most successful um tell us about how your radio career got started i know you were saying you were listening to the old trans transistor radio <laughs> you were was that growing up because you grew up in florida didn't you um so i was born in new york but we moved by like fourth grade to uh, Florida, then we went to live in Texas, and oh, then wow. um, my mother uh, back to Florida, and then my mom married a man in Michigan. So that's when my the the calm part of my life happened. And so in when Michigan? people say, "Where are you from?" I always say Detroit, Michigan. Oh, okay, okay. That was the end of middle school, going into high school, and. Um, and I really, I still have great friends from that time. I also have a few friends from my early childhood, but that was um, probably a, a huge springboard for me. It's where I got mm -hmm. into radio. And so the Motor City was good to me. I absolutely love Detroit and I love Detroit people. Okay, and so I just, I always have to, you know, cause I lived in New York for 12 years. And so I always have to rewind, like what borough were you born in? Oh, in New York. Yes. Well, so we, I was born in Queens. Okay, in, Queens. Um, mm -hmm. You're the third, uh, Flushing. Okay, you're the third uh, Queens person that I've had on the on this uh, series. You and Keisha Monk, <laughs> you and Keisha, oh, and, right. um, and Malika Millette. So three um, Queens girls. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so the how did you get your break in radio, though? How did you get your first job? There's, there's one thing, listening on your transistor radio and dreaming about it, and then there's another thing, actually doing it. So how did you get that big break? I think when you're obsessed, like I was, I was listening to the radio. I would call the radio stations, <laughs> request lines. And there was a girl who was on the air in Detroit. Her name was Karen Savelli. Mm -hmm. And I remember her saying, um, when I called, uh, she was saying something like, well, from the sound of your voice, I guess I, you know, I ought to look out or something like that. <laughs> And, but she was the only girl that I heard on the radio in Detroit. And, and very soon after, I, I found my way on the air through uh, junior college and meeting the morning guy from the big station. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's, but it's opportunity and it's seizing it. Someone tells me they want to help me make my demo tape. I'm like, let's do it. Okay. And then, you know, someone else hears it. Hey, I should give that tape to so-and-so. You never know how things are going to happen. And so... Uh, I started in Detroit pretty soon after I went to New York. I was on WPLJ, which was pretty incredible the place legendary. to be. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, was, that's like really cool that you jumped from um, Detroit to, to New York so quickly. Well, the general manager from WRIF went over to uh, take over WPLJ and Larry Berger, who was the legendary program director, was in Detroit and then he went to New York. So they brought me with them. And I did 6 to 10 at night, and later I was eventually replaced by Carol Miller. Uh, yeah, and I know Carol. I know Carol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, she went to NEW for a long time, So, um, and she's still on the air today. So from there, I 
you know, moved around the country, worked in Miami, met my husband there in the um, 70s, and we moved to L.A. in 1986, and I wound up on KMET later that year, and then we all got fired a year later when they fired the entire staff to turn it into the wave. Wow. And I just sort of, you know, floundered until I got on the wave. I did weekends just to be on the radio. I thought it was a great station, even mm -hmm. though it was the station that upended KMET. So all the true rock KMET DJs hated the wave. But yeah. I didn't hate it. I liked the music. I thought it was a cool thing. I was a yoga girl, so it appealed to me. <laughs> and eventually I got back on the wave and then they gave me mornings. So oh, wow. it was while I was doing mornings on the wave that I was invited to audition for the Oscars. Okay. And it turned out at the end of a 20-year radio career, after I did my first Oscars, I was fired by the wave. Um, and at first I was horrified because I really identified myself as a DJ and mm -hmm. I thought, well, if I'm not a DJ, who am I? And who am I, yeah. And uh, I found out who I was because my husband, who had been in the music business, he was in the record business at the time, he was, uh, he got me to be one of the first women imaging radio. Oh, wow. And so he would get his stations to uh, use me to do some imaging. And that was a good springboard from losing radio, stepping into the television voiceover industry, but being able to be the voice of radio stations. It was, I love the idea of imaging because I, my love was radio. I knew exactly how program directors and DJs all over the country felt and what they're, you know, there's just this general... Uh, camaraderie that I would have so when I would do my imaging I really would show the love to each and every station that I was a part of and yeah, um, yeah so I still love radio imaging to that day you know um, you brought up a really great point um, the for people who think of radio as their life as I have my whole adult life um, when you uh, are no longer doing radio it does beg the question who am i and mm -hmm. i learned a couple of big lessons from that uh, because radio was you know work i've always um, identified um strongly with work 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 it's just always been even when i was a little girl randy i was dreaming of being a singer you know it was always going to be about career for me you know mm -hmm. and so when i got into radio i was completely dedicated to it it was my life and i remember when i was in new york city i was on um z100 for 12 years uh, my amazing. radio dream job amazing yeah. <laughs> to do 12 years in new york yeah it was my radio dream job it really was and then um, out of nowhere, um, the station replaced me. I was doing middays at the time. They replaced me with Ryan Seacrest, who um, <laughs> was doing a syndicated show, you know, out of L.A. Uh, you know, and at the time he was, right. you know, for him to be of... live in L.A. He yeah. was midday in New York, in New York Got City. It. And so, listen, I understood why they did it, because he was, you know, a celebrity. And, um, you know, you get to, you know, there are so many reasons behind it, but you can charge so much money, so much more money for advertising when you have a celebrity in a 
a spot than a regular person. But it was yeah. like there was once a time, you know, because my at the time my show was number one. And there was once a time if you had the number one show in New York City, you get to keep your job, you know. And so right. it was just so I was so devastated by it. You know, I didn't leave the station. I went into overnight. So I was still there for five more years after that. But it was such a traumatic experience for me because I felt like I did everything right. And then yeah. why then did this happen? And I remember when it first happened, I, I went downstairs. We were in Tribeca and I went downstairs and I called my mom and I'm walking that that uh, day. I didn't drive into the city. I uh, I rode the train. And so I was walking to the World Trade Center train stop and I called my mom just sobbing. And I'm sure people were on West Broadway looking at me like, what is wrong with her? Because tears were just flowing down my eyes. And I remember saying to my mom, what does this mean for my life? You know, and um, it was very traumatic for me. But what I learned from that is that your job is not your life. You know, your, your job is something you do and you may take great pride in it and you may love it, but don't ever make the mistake that it is your entire life. And so, you know, although it was traumatic for me, it was a life lesson that I never forgot. You know, yeah. so then when um, last summer, when the station I was on here in San Diego decided not to renew my contract, they said because of, you know, money reasons, it wasn't as traumatic for me. Um, yeah. And and so as, as a matter of fact, it wasn't traumatic at all. It was like, of course, you know, you know, I loved my job, but, you know, it's 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 it was the you know, the balance of life. This is what happened. And so I have to then decide what I'm going to do now. And that was when I decided to go into voiceover. But I love that you brought up the point because, again, radio people are listening to us and a lot of radio people are losing their gigs and wondering what it means for their lives. And right. so I'm happy that you brought that up. It's like radio is your job. It's your career, but it's not who you are. Right. And and using your voice in life is everything. So you take that gift of having used your voice, you know, um, if you ever read um, uh, Michael, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's uh, Outliers, mm -hmm. he talks about the 10,000 hours it takes to mastery. And I know a lot of people that have been on the radio for a long time, and there is something to be said with having achieved mastery mm -hmm. in working in radio, using your voice, and communicating. And so... Therefore, you don't need to attach yourself to where, you know, where you just got, you know, rear-ended, whether it was getting fired or whatever, but the fact that you have this mastery, it's within you. Yes. And it's not just that you're a DJ, you are a communicator. You are someone who has something to say and can help and heal the world in a time when we need it most. And so you don't know what the universe is going to give you, but I believe it is a gift and it will all reveal itself in time for you that, that you needed to be available. You needed to not be tethered to a radio station that was going to keep you, you know, from being able to move around and shift and, you know, become all of who you truly are. Yeah. And I love, I'm just so inspired by by um, what you're saying. I love that you said that we can use our voice in a time where people need it most. Yeah. And that's what you've done. You've created a podcast. Forget about being a radio DJ. There's not a future in that, but there is a future in podcasting mm -hmm. and creating great content as a podcaster. 
those radio stations, when they need content, you're already a known entity to them. Mm -hmm. You are someone that they could depend on. Maybe you're bringing them, you have the opportunity, because they all want to have podcasts within their, you know, uh, their library, mm -hmm. um, you have a lot to say. And I think the, the way that you're taking your podcast, talking to people and getting their stories, maybe there is enough of a commonality of that to get a radio station to want to take those podcasts mm -hmm. or, you know, and to build your listenership and get people that want to give you money to do live spots for them. Yeah. You know, that's the vision you need to have because that's the only way you make money in podcasting. You know, build up your, your listenerships and, and people that will come and listen every week. And then eventually the right products will find their way to you. And Randy, um, you know, uh, there are so many <laughs> VO people um, who, when they hear you coming from radio, they kind of cringe. <laughs> so what's your advice for radio people who are interested in voiceover and uh, trying to be successful like you are? Mm. So again, you know, it depends on the kind of radio you did. I think when you do more top 40, you tend to be a little bit more in today's, um, I don't know, you're, you're more with what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. Those of us that were rock DJs or adult contemporary, we do have a certain sound. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to KISS FM and their DJs, they don't sound like broadcasters, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. They just sound like young people playing music for you. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say the most important thing is to get support in being able to bridge from being a DJ to being a voiceover artist. And maybe that requires taking classes. That's always the most affordable way to join in. Um, I should probably do some classes just for radio people to, you know, untether from radio and, and wrap their brains around how they can actually see themselves having a career in voiceover. Oh, you and should. You have your voiceover mastery. Maybe you can make a voiceover from radio to voiceover yeah, mastery. Yeah. That well, would be I mean, perfect. It, and it's all Zooms now, but yeah. I, I never really thought of just trying to talk to radio people that are trying to make the step. I do talk to new young artists, but they mm -hmm. come from all walks of life. Yeah. True no, actors I think that, would that have done great. film. I yeah. think that would be a great uh, niche for you to, um, to you know, tap into for sure. Because there are so, a lot of us. I, I, I see so many of my radio friends saying, oh, I'm, I'm now getting into voiceover. And I, I see mm -hmm. tons of them. And so that would be a great right. uh, thing for you. A great service, actually. Well, thank you. But it's really all about the support. Because so, you know, if I am the one that's facilitating this, but it's just like at VO Mastery, Shelley, the people that I bring together, the students that are in that Zoom, there's a level in which they connect and then they continue to support each other. Mm -hmm. There are lots of Facebook groups and online groups to gain that support within the industry to, um, you know, uh, feel safe to ask dumb questions, you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Dear, um, what were you going to say? No, no. Uh, just 
didn't know when to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I don't want to interrupt you because you're, you're giving us some really great nuggets. <laughs> so, yeah, there are so many things you're doing, Randy. You're talking about the live announce, you know, because there are so many genres of voiceover that you can get into. The live announce, um, you are uh, really great in promo and and narration. Are there any other uh, VO genres that you would like to master that you feel like you haven't mastered yet and to be successful in? Well, I think trailers is something that I've always dipped a little toe into the trailer world. You know, right now there's no real business in trailers because we don't have theaters. Trailers that go to Netflix don't really have those storytelling uh, voiceover opportunities. You know, they they usually don't even have a voiceover anymore. Mm -hmm. So while Trailers is figuring out where that will go and, you know, how that's going to change the way they advertise it, I would say that, you know, coming out of radio, though, you really need to learn commercials because that's the most um, applicable genre that most people, if you can understand commercials, how to break down a commercial script, how to approach it, even though those of us that were in radio for years, well, I've read a million commercials. I'm good at that. Well, no, because you read the commercials in radio as the person that you are, that your listeners identify on the air. So a lot of times when you're a DJ and you're actually on the air, if you wanted to tap into your inner actor and really get, um, you know, uh, granular with, uh, with reading a, a commercial, your listeners, or you would feel like you were being fake to your listeners, letting mm-hmm. them hear you be an actor. They'd be like, what are you doing? You know, you're Shelley Wade. You know, don't read that like that. <laughs> but that's when you're on the radio. So once you're off radio, you now have permission to go in, explore your inner actor, and really uh, understand what they're looking for in reads. But again, um, so if you learn commercials, I do think live announce and promo do come very naturally to um, voiceover, uh, to ex-radio people. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the good news in the genres that uh, you can choose to go into. Okay. Before we wrap up uh, the interview, I want to revisit your radio days. Is there um, um, a, an interview you did that that stands out as your favorite during your radio career? Um, you know, I guess I can say a celeb interview or you know, an, an artist interview. Um, and also, what was the highlight of your radio career? Is there an instance you can share with us? Wow. Um... You know, I, I've had different highlights. I had a 20-year radio career. Uh, being a part of radio stations, you know you know how competitive we are. And, and we looked at the guy, you know, guys and gals across the street as the enemy. Yes. And we were very inside and, you know, that camaraderie. And we would have softball teams and we'd get out there. And, I mean, that to me was the most fun part of radio when I was in Florida, I had, um, you know, a lot of people knew who I was. There were lots of TV commercials for me and Rick Shaw and Greg Budell on Waxy 106. And when I was on WSHE, it was kind of a big deal. But then I came out here to L.A. and 
I've interviewed a lot of rock stars. Um, in my single days, I dated a few of them. Really? Can uh, you share us? Share no, with me who you no. date, Randy? Come on, this no, is. I married thirty-six years. I don't think I'm going to tell any tales now. Oh my God! Can you tell me off the um, off the podcast? Oh sure. I love no it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's just between us, right? <laughs> As you were you, in L.A., you, you interviewed a lot of rock stars and dated them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, by the time I got to L.A., I was married. Okay, so, got it. <laughs> so that didn't happen. But, yeah, um, I definitely had fun as a, a teenager in radio and in my 20s. And, uh, yeah, I definitely had a good time. And it was great. I mean, radio is it was a great team sport. Once you become a voiceover artist, uh, you're an independent contractor. So everything sort of shifts for you. Yeah, I know. It's so interesting. We spend so much time in the booths by ourselves, especially if we're in our home booths. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are times where you can go out and, you know, in the studio and record, but that's um, basically not happening during the pandemic. Not anymore, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. But, but you know, as, as an air personality DJ, you know, in radio, you do spend, if, if you're not on a morning show, you're spending a lot of the time in the studio by yourself. Self, but then you still come out and you have your, you know, your coworkers. <laughs> so right, uh, right, but but you know, but, in voiceover, mm-hmm. and and there the the community, the voiceover community in general is very kind and caring. Yeah. They're very supportive. Don't you find that? I do find that. I, you know, anytime I ask someone for advice, you included, um, you guys are so warm and generous with your advice. And I just feel completely taken care of. You know, you know, and I did, as you said, I did a lot of voice work in radio, um, you know, not only at the radio station, but I would, I would be the voice of other radio stations around the country and I would do commercials for artists and such when I was on radio. But this is the first time um, this past year that I have uh, put my 100% focus on voiceover. And so as I'm trying to make sure that my my foundation is really solid, you guys are so kind <laughs> with, with, you know, advice and I really appreciate it. Yeah, so to your point, voiceover people are really amazing. Yeah, yeah. Very supportive and, community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you're a pro, and people get that, and they respect you. And and you're probably leading the way in, you know, uh, in the world of radio of showing people what life looks like <laughs> beyond, you know? Yeah. Well, listen, I so appreciate you taking the time to do the um, um, the podcast, because I as I started to say at the beginning of the podcast um, that I witnessed when we were in Santa Barbara solving that you are kind of on call you know all the time because you are the voice of uh, you know network and so you're kind of you kind of sometimes have to be close to your microphone <laughs> and yeah. um, and you know because they may have to send you never know there could be breaking news at any moment and you have to go into your your booth and record it and so yes um yeah i appreciate you taking the time to to do this mm, thank you shelly i I was happy to. I was excited that you uh, wanted me to be a part of your podcast. So thank you so much. So can you share where people can find you? You actually, you know, all the wonderful nuggets of knowledge and wisdom that you're offering on the podcast. You're also a a voiceover coach. Um, So Mm -hmm. um, people can reach out to you and get coaching from you as well. Can you share all of your info if you want to share your social, if you want to share contact info? Mm-hmm. So Twitter and Insta, it's Randy with a Y, Randy Thomas VO. 
on uh, Facebook, Randy Thomas, the voiceover artist. And my email is vomastery2020 at gmail.com. Uh, that will get to me quickly. And my website, Randy Thomas VO, I think there is a booking page there. And I, I'm, you know, super supportive of any radio person that wants to, you know, take the plunge into voiceover. It's, uh, it's the best, you know. I always say, use your voice, live your dream. See, didn't I tell you? Every time she opens her mouth, nothing but nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> I could listen to Randy forever. I mean, like I said, her voice is authoritative yet comforting. That is not an easy dynamic to accomplish, but it's it's what defines Randy Thomas. And Randy, yes, you can take that quote from me and put it on your LinkedIn. You can put it on your, 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 your resume. <laughs> you can record me and, and play it forever for everyone for me saying it. Uh, authoritative yet comforting. Randy Thomas, thank you so much for blessing the All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast with your presence. I appreciate you. All right, next week I continue my From Radio to VO series on the podcast. I'll be talking to the great Dave Fenoy. He is so amazing and he's got a really really dynamic story, a compelling story to share about his career. Um, he, not only was he in radio, not only has he been in VO, he's he's a a lot over his lifetime and he'll be sharing it all with us um, on the next episode of the All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast. I drop new episodes every Tuesday. If you haven't already subscribed, please do me a solid and subscribe. Also, follow me on Twitter at Shelly Wade. Don't forget Shelly spelled with an E-Y. I'm on Instagram at the one and only Shelly Wade. Like, I'm on Facebook All the Rage with Shelly Wade and I'm on um, YouTube as well. All the Rage with Shelly Wade. I love you so much for listening and I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and beyond. Talk to you next Tuesday.